Hello, everyone. You are listening to the MS Mobile Show. This is the podcast for the Microsoft mobile enthusiast. We are recording episode 087. My name is Vernon E.L. Smith, and our regular co-host, Aaron Hall, is, uh, I guess he's hanging out with his wife. I don't know. He said something about one-year anniversary. Lame. No, uh, Aaron obviously wanted to be on the show, but I am going to be out of town. And so it was prudent of me to still record an episode. I had to shift the day we're recording, and my good friend has been able to join me. I've been meaning to get this guy on the podcast for some time now. I'm thrilled to have Clifton M. Thomas of Techbeard join us on the MS Mobile Show. What's up, bud? Hey, thanks so much for having me on, Vernon. I'm really excited to be here, as I should be, because it's an awesome show. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks very much for inviting me on. I'm really glad to be here, as I said. Yeah, and it's funny because as as fellow podcasters, we, we do this... It's, I don't know how to explain it. Like we do this flip flop, like we trade back and forth. Okay, that's just what podcasters do for, for whatever reason. And so I had an awesome time on your show lately, Cliff, uh, in which I was um, um, I joined with a friend of yours, and we did a a fun show. And it was published. What was that? A week ago? Two weeks ago? Maybe it was two weeks. It'll actually be two weeks ago this coming Monday. So tomorrow, as we're recording this, and uh, yeah, so it was a it was a Something a little bit different for uh, Techbeard, and I'm, I'm sure you'll maybe talk about that a little bit later, but this was a show that I I was just attempting to, rather than having my normal co-hosts on, uh, just bring on uh, friends of the show. And so that it's a little bit looser. It was, it, was, it was a lot of fun, like you said. We had a really good time, and I think the show turned out pretty well. So really appreciate you coming on. It was a lot of fun, yeah. I, I, apparently, I was the veteran podcaster i mean you are you are as well cliff but then we also had a brand new podcaster which was awesome to talk to emily on the show yeah it was really great to have emily on she had been talking to me about wanting to start her own podcast for a while and so i said well why don't you join us when we have a you know a a slot open where it kind of makes sense content wise for having her on and then we i just decided to do this off at the spur of the moment so it worked out really well and spur of the moment is exactly it you text you message me twitter dm like on my drive home like dude you want a podcast (laughs) like uh give me 35 minutes i have my my commute isn't over yet (laughs) and um no it was fantastic spur of the moment it certainly worked well and uh dear ms mobile show listeners I use profanity on that episode, and so I I don't know. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> if you have children on there, you definitely have to uh, use the earmuffs because he was a he was like a sailor on that show. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. But it was I, Cliff. You know this, but I'll tell you again. Like it was so nice to just uh, talk about something other than Microsoft. And I talked about Microsoft too. We we dug into that, but it was so oh, yeah. cool to to just dig into other areas, and I love that kind of stuff. Anyway, uh, listeners, we're going to talk about some Microsoft stuff today. We're also going to talk about WebOS. We're going to talk about podcasting. And we're going to talk about how to make babies. That's where it gets really interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cliff, so you are known for podcasting, uh, both at TechBeard and also WebOS Roundup. So first of all, um, in this portion of the show, this segment, we want to learn something new. We want to get an extra layer. We want to peek behind the curtain on something. And uh, to begin with, tell us about podcasting, especially the dynamic you have 
with a couple other uh, unique personalities that complement and contrast with your own. You know, so so podcasting is such a general term, right? I mean, there are, there are podcast con- um, content-wise, subject-wise, that are for the same kind of breadth that, you know, TV does, or if you listen to, like, Sirius XM Radio or something, you can find just about everything you want there. And I think it's exactly the same kind of thing with podcasting. So for me personally, it's always been tech related. That's what I'm really interested in. And there was a podcast that I was listening to uh, for the mobile OS, web OS, uh, web OS back in the day. This was around 2010 when I was like late 2009, early 2010. And I, I wanted to get into uh, tech blogging and specifically podcasting. And so I thought, well, I'll start writing for them and maybe they'll let me be on their podcast too. And they did. And that was a lot of fun. And, and through that, uh, through that site, through that podcast, I met, uh, Ryan St. Andrew, who is one of my co-hosts on the tech beard podcast. And then it's okay to call him an internet friend. He is an internet friend. Yeah, he is. But, but we did podcast before we were before we really knew each other well we were we actually podcast together before that so but that's what i mean uh, like we grow into internet friends and yeah. it develops real friendships I, I love that absolutely in fact i got a chance to to meet him and also adam and i'll just finish but uh so adam also ended up um working for the for webos roundup after i left that site but what's funny is he won a video contest we were given away i think a pre-2 which was like the story. second generation webos flagship it was called Winnipeg 2 by doing a video or something like that. And yeah, he was the winning person, I think, or one of them. Anyway, I think he won something. So I I actually voted for his video before I ever, you know, knew him as like a fellow podcaster. So that was interesting. But yeah, absolutely. Well, These quickly, relationships quickly, that we... De- quickly describe the video. Uh, okay. It was, what would you do for a pre-2 as far as the, the subject matter, right? And if I remember right, he was sitting on a couch... And basically just letting his son do whatever the, his son wanted to. <laughs> I can't remember what. I, I can't remember. Like, he fed him like a whole bunch of sugar at 8.30 yes. at night. Yes. And something like that. <laughs> and it was kind of time-lapsed. Like it, Adam was just looking miserable on the couch. I think he had like his hand in his hands just looking miserable. And it, it would kind of show. I think it would show like the clock passing of time. And, would, <laughs> and his son was just running around and throwing stuff. And But uh, so, yeah, it was it was as typical of Adam, it was, it was a very Adam kind of video. Adam has a good sense of humor and it, and it was uh, well produced, even if, you know, video, the ability to create home video back then wasn't quite as easy as it was now. And I think he's got a little bit better editing expertise now than he did back then, but no, it was great. Uh, but no, I got a chance to meet my podcasting, uh, which is something of a rarity. I think for most internet friends, you don't, most of the time they're just there and, and yeah, they can be, I think in many ways, just as good a friend, like you and me, Vernon, as an example. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I got a chance to Dead meet them on. last yep. September and we podcasted together very briefly, mostly due to technical errors on my part. But uh, that was a lot of fun. And it was, it was, it's funny. It was surreal. But at the same point, at the, uh, at the same time, it was just like being with them on the internet in a lot of ways. It's just, it's very strange to be in person with them too. So eh, it was a good time. Uh, going back to, uh, talking about podcasting. Well, so like I said, for me as a, as a podcaster, I I do tend to do things that are tech related as far as what I'm interested in. Um, and with, with tech beard, 
I think when you when you're obviously if you're thinking about starting a podcast if it's something you're interested in, you have to pick something that you're passionate about. I was really tired of doing tech news and things like that. I wanted to do something that was more conversational, more um, topical, and allowed me to really just cut loose and just say what I wanted to say without worried about worrying about offending certain fan bases and things like that. And so that's that's really what Techbeard is all about. It's geek culture, tech culture, um, and we just we we try to be as sometimes we try to be anyway uh on point with what's actually going on in the news and then sometimes we do uh topics where we're just talking about nostalgia and we really do have that freedom so that's that's the reason i think we all and still enjoy podcasting with each other so much after i guess this is our third year um ongoing and we still we're not trying to kill each other so that's good Um, I really, really do like your show, and I think it's pretty cool. You guys get some pretty good, nice guests on there. I think we do. Uh, Miriam, Miriam Jouar was on there. Uh, Michael Fisher's been on a few different times. I mean, there's um, other people from Pocket now, and and I'm trying to remember who else, I guess. But uh, well, we've also had uh, one of our more recent guests was um, Christina Warren, who uh, was oh, with yeah, Mashable, right. and now she's with Gizmodo. And and that was a huge show for us just in terms of listenership. And she was a wonderful guest. So yeah, we've we've been lucky to have some really great guests, uh, including yourself. And oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you've been on there. Sorry, too. sorry to lower the bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but I mean, podcasting with guests just adds a different uh, dynamic element, and um, it's always interesting to to see how their personality affects what you do. Because we we try to just kind of let them go. I mean, we we try not to, to box them in with what they, you know, normally talk about on, uh, if they're a podcaster or something like that, what they normally talk about or what their expertise is. And for it's for us, you know, there, it's a chance for them to just release and just have a good time. And that, and that's, you know, that's sort of the, in the vein of our show. Uh, and that is exactly what I did when I was on there. And yeah. I, um, I do a fantastic time. Let's move on to something Microsoft again, because the li- listeners obviously are, uh, here for the Microsoft stuff, hopefully. Uh, tell us about what it's like to go down with the ship. And <laughs> I don't think I need to elaborate on that. Well, it's funny. Uh, so I briefly talked about WebOS before, for those of you who um, maybe haven't, aren't, aren't in, the, in the know of what went on outside of Microsoft. I think Microsoft back at that time was still with Windows Mobile like 6.1, and then 6.5. Um, if it was but, 2010, you're saying? Yes. Or what? Well, in November of 2010, it was when um, Windows Phone 7 series released right. in the U.S. At, towards the end of WebOS is actually when Windows Phone was launched. And actually, the guy who was the founding uh, editor and, and uh, creator of WebOS Roundup created a Windows Phone-centric site uh, right when that came out. So a lot of the guys that... Uh, Unfortunately, we didn't have any women, so I can say we all the a lot of the guys that uh, worked at WebOS Roundup were also doing content for I can't remember what the site was called at the time, but I think it was Windows Roundup actually, or Windows Phone Roundup, something like that. So uh, <laughs> yes, I have experience with going down with the ship. Uh, so WebOS was created by Palm of Palm Pilot fame, um, and it was headed by uh, one of the at the time that WebOS was out, it was headed by one of the creators of the iPod from Apple, and he was he was an uh, old OG as far as uh, being in the tech industry is concerned. 
Um, and it initially got a lot of good praise and then I just, it, it didn't get the traction that, um, that Android or iOS did in those early days of, uh, uh I guess the second generation or whatever generation of smartphones you want to call it, you know, I guess post iPhone and, but it had a hardcore audience. This is going to sound familiar for those of you who are windows phone fans, <laughs> a really hardcore audience of fans who were, and there was a strong community around it. And, uh, most of us went down with the ship. I mean, so, so Palm and WebOS were purchased by HP and HP produced some interesting products with WebOS. Um, and then they pulled the plug and they still actually still had some, some products in the queue that never saw the light of day outside of some fan blogs. And I know some people that actually have those in their hands still. Um, but yeah, and, and I, I, this is what's funny. I, oh, there's, there's quite a few people out there that are still using WebOS products, which is hard to believe because it, it went under in 2011. It's, this is six years later and they went on to eBay and just bought all the WebOS devices they could. And when the, <laughs> when one dies, they just swap their SIM in for another one. So there are some hardcore people out there, but it's, it's painful because, you know, for me, I, I love the operating system. I, I really thought it was the best. Uh, for me and for a lot of people in terms of the way it um, helped me through my day, made me more productive, and was just really enjoyable to use. It didn't feel like anything else. And um, and I love the community. That was a big part of it for me. It was Like I said, it's how I met the two guys that I podcast with now, along with a lot of other people that I socialize with on Twitter <clears throat> and other social media. So it was, it was painful. It was like it was someone, it was like someone ripped my guts out of me. <laughs> In a lot of ways, and and um, but at the same time, I mean, that's just that's if you if you're passionate about technology, it's just something that happens. It almost feels like it's inevitable that everything comes down to like you know that uh, a binary situation, whether it's you know uh, Windows and Mac OS, or I mean, it's, it's it's it seems like it's what people are what people are comfortable with. I don't know if that's true, but it, that, so anyway, that was painful. Um, and then I, so I actually migrated, uh, I was briefly on Android and I went to Windows phone. I had, I had probably like five or six Windows phone devices because you, if you went on uh, Craigslist at the time or, or there weren't, it wasn't quite as easy to find used devices as it was to the quality used devices. But I, I had, oh, for a frame of reference, what era was this? Like, which devices? Uh, so, I, I actually, OS the first one that I ever had was the Sprint device from, was it HTC? The, uh, the Touch Pro? Uh, no. Not the Touch Pro. No, the, not the Touch the, Pro. The it 7. Had, um, it had a hardware keyboard. Um, yeah, it's this, It's like the it HTC. It with an A, didn't it? I never the had the surround. Pro 7. Uh, Something like it was that. A pro seven. <clears throat> I I think it, it was actually was the, it was it known was as something s- else outside of the United States, yeah, but yeah, Sprint yeah, yeah. has it in it. It was actually one of the launch devices. I I believe you know they each each different right. carrier had their own exclusive launch devices. There was like the Focus and then the that other LG device that was on AT and T and then the Verizon. I don't know if Verizon had no they had the surround in the no that was AT and T. That was AT and T. Verizon did have. Um, H, no, they didn't have the HD7. That came later to, um, uh, well, to AT&T. So, so I was on really Sprint at the time because I was on a Palm Pre and then the Pre 2. And uh, so then I was briefly on an HTC. Oh, gosh. 
It was there huge. It was a 4.3 inch screen, which at the time was ridiculous. It was huge. Had a kickstand. It was, it was beastly in terms of the hardware that was inside, but I just did not like Android at the time. I just, it was so unpolished. Uh, it very much felt like a beta software. And so I switched over to um, the HTC Windows Phone 7 device that I had. And I was with that until I switched. I switched to AT&T when uh, Nokia was brought into the, not into the Microsoft fold, but when they were brought into the Windows Phone fold and they launched the, was it the 900? Yeah, that was the first one. Right. That was a, that was a big launch. Really. It was. It was. I, and I, I got the side. I... Got the cyan colored 900, yeah. and oh, man, I love that phone. I just, I, it was my first Nokia phone since having a, a Nokia a dumb phone back in the day, which I, which I liked too. But I just, it was a re- really nice combination of hardware and software, and had a nice camera. Um, mm-hmm. And I continued on. I, I think I, I could continue to name all the different phones I had. But um, so I was with Windows Phone all the way through, off and on, um, and I did. Because of who I am, I like to switch back and forth between devices just because really? I like to find out what's out there. Yeah, you would if you listen to the show. You, you'll you'll <laughs> you'll hear that my the, uh, the running joke is that <laughs> Cliffs. Okay, when they record an episode, it's not like a two or three day you know lead time. It's a, it's longer than that. Right. So when you record an episode, whatever phone you're excited about <laughs> at the time you're recording. Uh, will be the phone that is in Adam or Ryan's hands by the time the show is released. I mean, you, you basically you fund you fund their secondhand devices. Yes, I do, and it's glorious. And I got to get in on that. I think. <laughs> well, you know, no, it's, you have. I have. I've gotten a couple. Oh, it's true. You have. You. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I, although I I switched to um, you know, back when I was on AT and T and T Mobile. Um, I've also switched between a lot of carriers. I was on AT&T for quite a while, but it's so much easier to switch devices because you just pop in your SIM and it, and you're off. Um, with the exception of um, if you're switching from an iPhone, but unfortunately because of the difficulties with iMessage, and it, you can still do it, but it just creates issues with your SMS. Um, but when you're on a CDMA carrier like a Verizon or a Sprint or a US Cellular, then switching devices, even activating devices, is such a pain in the ass. <laughs> Excuse me <laughs> for my profanity there, but we can bleep that out, right? Sure. Uh, that I haven't been purchasing devices like I had been. But, yeah, for a long time, I mean, I was so I was switching between a lot of different Windows Phone devices. I'd actually had my 920 for quite a while. I had it for nearly a year. Which for me is a long time to have a device. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Uh, and then in my last uh, Windows Phone device that I actively used was my uh, 950, and I this this was my first and only experience with Windows Mobile, Windows 10 Mobile. I'm sorry. Um, and at that point, I, I think I felt like you know I'd already gone down with the ship in terms of where that the trend would maybe was going with. Microsoft and their mobile OS, but I was still intrigued to at least try out, you know, Microsoft's new take on uh, Windows Mobile with the, you know, the unified OS and and the the core being instead of using, uh, oh gosh, what was Windows Phone Seven and Windows Phone Eight and Eight Point One based on it was their the CE Windows CE, um, yes, that's what I was trying to remember, right? So this, you know, sharing the same kernel as as their desktop OS and and. At the time I was using, it was very unpolished and just was not a good experience, although I understand it's gotten quite a bit better. So I I guess the difference is, is that I, whereas I stuck with WebOS until the the bloody end, I did, 
I wouldn't say abandoned ship because I I've always continued to uh, you know hold an interest in in the OS and in Microsoft in general, especially new Microsoft post uh, Bomber and the things that they're doing. And uh, but I but I I just I got to a point where I'm like I just like a lot of people I'm sure where this the app support wasn't there for what I wanted to use. And that, you know that's my opinion. But um, but yeah, once you once you've done it to the bitter end once, it's it's painful enough to where I had, I I got out. Mm, you know, when at towards the end of Windows 8, Windows Phone 8.1, but it's you know that what what I loved about both of those uh, communities, both Windows Phone and WebOS, was was that the strong community that there was that was around. There's a lot of similarities, I think, in in terms of being a if you compare being a WebOS user uh, and being a Windows Phone user. That's you know smaller platforms compared to the two dominant ones. And uh, with a with a passionate community surrounding them, and and a lot of really great independent apps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I still hear many times. You know, I, I hear I hear often that the apps uh, for Windows Phone are still better than the ones on uh, other operating systems. And you know, you hear the opposite as well. People throwing that out there, but well, I think it's probably I, both. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably it's both. both. Put it on the, it the so, uh, yeah. I think that the bigger, <clears throat> like the you know. The banks, for example, I think it makes sense for them to invest more into a larger operating system. I right. get that. They're going to update right. those more often. Same thing we see it with, with Facebook, for example. But I think the smaller apps, you want to do something specific. Um, and I can't really think of a good example right now. But I just hear over and over again that those are a better uh, experience on Windows Phone and well, whatever. We're just still trying to breathe life into this "quote unquote" dying operating system. So. Yeah, and I would not say that Windows Phone necessarily is dying. I think maybe the, their focus has has understandably, might when I say they, I mean Microsoft has has maybe not focused on it as much, just simply because Windows Ten in the mobile sense is really not um, it doesn't have much market share, and so it really doesn't make as much sense for them to pour the resources into it that they did with Windows Phone Seven and. And Windows Phone 8, you know, and I, from what I understand, it's it's not even being as actively developed on the Insider builds as as Windows 10 on the you know the desktop and uh, versions are. But I mean, I know there's still a a core community out there, <laughs> passionate as always. And uh, you that, guys, are... that is quite literally why this podcast exists. Right. Exactly. Um, and of course, you know, running Windows or Microsoft stuff on other other platforms but almost exclusively um you know this is about windows 10 mobile and i'm okay with that i'm having a good time with it we have a we got more than a handful of listeners and i'm happy with that as well so yeah absolutely and and i think i i think and i have no knowledge obviously inside but i i just have a sneaking suspicion that we'll see something again and from microsoft maybe that's a refresh uh, a refreshed idea now that i because it seems like Sorry, we're kind of headed down a road here, but uh, well, this maybe, was maybe going to be the, the next question. Like, okay. what do you, if you were choosing, if you wanted to buy a Microsoft small device, we won't use the word mobile, but like mm. another Microsoft device that is pocketable or whatever, what would you want it to be? And like, yeah, what would you want it to be? I first of all, let me say, I love the idea of Continuum, and. You know, it, it that as an idea is good enough to where Samsung with the Galaxy S8 and the Galaxy S8 Plus has introduced uh, a competing—I um, don't want to call it a platform because it's still based. It's Android, 
but a competing idea that's very, very similar where it's set into a dock and you just use your Bluetooth mouse and keyboard and a uh, monitor uh, to run your desktop apps. So obviously well, to Samsung... Run, to run your mobile apps. Oh, your mobile apps. Screen. Yeah, that's true. That's They're not and true they're op- desktop They're optimized, apps. but you yeah, can't right. really call exactly. them desktop apps. Yeah. But the ideas are very similar and Samsung's on of promise in that, I, I, I think, to, you know, to where I think Microsoft definitely has something there. So that whatever um, Microsoft device I'm theoretically creating here would definitely, um, I would love I would love to see it run, you know, ARM um, and be on an ARM-based processor just for uh, efficiency. So Windows on ARM, uh, and my guess is it's you know whatever comes out on that is probably going to be uh, the Windows 10 Cloud. I guess. It's kind of frustrating because they've already been through this with the original two service devices, <laughs> where that where where you're limited to the the uh, app store. But I still think that could be a very productive device if it's running Windows on ARM and the interface continues to be what it is, but just continues to be optimized like they've been doing since the introduction of Windows 10. Um, I love the idea of what we've seen from the the uh, patent applications for Surface. Who knows if they'll do anything with that? I I've actually had a chance to use um, it's from it's a product from Lenovo called the Yoga Book, and uh, you know they offer it in both Windows and Android uh, uh, versions. And while I'm not satisfied with the Android version that I ended up purchasing, there are some really promising ideas that can come from that. Which are, where it's a really slim device, um, it's ten inches. I would actually love to see like you know. Six point six and a half to seven inches, but in like a in like a portfolio style uh, form factor where it opens up and you can use it with two screens, or maybe just have like the capacitive keyboard that the Yoga Book has for those of you who are not familiar with it. Uh, but just to have that thin profile, to have full Windows running on it, to be able to use it in continuum, and maybe have it just be more robust as ARM processors are continuously becoming uh, with the Snapdragon 80, 835 and now the eight forty five that's rumored. Uh, you know, it, it could be a really interesting device. It's got to have a great camera. I, I think that's, if it's going to come from Microsoft, <laughs> which is what I, that's what I would be interested in. First of all, I will say is I would want, I, I'm, I'm a Surface owner. My wife has a Surface Pro 3 as an example. We're, we've become a Surface family. So I'm really in love with Microsoft's hardware and Nokia before that. So I would want a Microsoft branded device. I would consider something else, but I would go, Surface first, Surface branded first. Um, it has to be pen-abled. I think that that's something, once I've used it, even on a small form factor, it really makes note-taking for like OneNote and stuff like that nice. Um, I think after having a loose pen, though, where it just attaches magnetically like the Yoga Book, I would prefer it to tuck up inside like it does with like the Samsung Note series. Yeah, so a, pen, those... a pen silo is almost uh, you know, a requirement. Absolutely. Yes. I would love it for just to tuck into the hinge or something like, but something like even like the, the, the courier form factor, but without the um, operating system being so specific to it, like the, the courier concept was. Uh, and maybe like what we're seeing with the, the, sur- the uh, surface phone uh, patents, something like that is really appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, uh, listeners of MS Mobile Show have gotten to know you a little bit, maybe introduced to you. But you, I would imagine, are still going to have people listening that are already your fans listening to this show. And we want to give them a little extra something that they don't get to hear on TechBeard. Nice. Cliff, tell us about your home life. Tell us about what 
uh, you don't talk about necessarily <laughs> on TechBeard. And it's so interesting to me to hear about these people that we know them online. We know what they're what they're focused on online, what they're what what's going on there. Um, but then we get to dig deeper and understand them more as a person, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I'm a graphic designer. If you see my uh, Twitter handle, you'll you, you'll know that. I'm sure we'll mention that at the end of the show. Um, I'm very passionate about design. Outs, you know, outside of technology, that's one one thing that I'm. It's not something that I just live at work. It's something that I'm uh, that I bring home, and I think about <laughs> outside of work. So, um, and it's funny. I actually married. My wife has a degree in graphic design. She's she's an art teacher, but her first love was also graphic design. So. If you were in my house, you see a lot of, of art on the walls and some of it's tech related. Like I've got a U.S. patent <laughs> uh, like diagram of the original uh, Mac on my wall. And then I've got a bunch of art on my walls from my wife. So uh, we live in the middle of nowhere in rural southwestern Virginia. And so she and I are together a lot. <laughs> because most of the people that I that that live around us, God love them, are just into things that we're really not into, like hunting, uh, and I would call us both outdoorsy, but we're, that's just not something that we're really into. So, uh, let's see. Uh, I drive a forty-minute commute every day, which is not a lot of fun, but it's worth it for the job that I have. I won't go in depth into that, except to say, I'm very lucky to have the job that I have, especially in the area. And I, and I love what I do, uh, being a graphic designer and I'm luckily able to, um, in the job that I have focus on a lot of different, um, media within what I do. So that's really cool. Um, uh, and this area that I live in is beautiful. I mean, Southwestern Virginia is, is one of my favorite places I have ever been. It's just, it's, it's the Appalachian mountains. It's, the Smoky Mountains to the to the west of us. I mean, it's 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 just a rich, green, lush, beautiful place to live with a lot of stuff to do if you're if you like doing stuff outdoors. So that's probably not telling you too much about me, but that's sort of my life every day. Um, we tried that's, for that's nine. a that's a start. Yeah, but um, you didn't really tell about that. Well, I guess actually, there's a spot in here specifically for the rest of your family. But tell us about. Um, you have any pets? I do. We are. Uh, <laughs> We've got too many pets, so I have a I have a tiny tiny house. So it's it's a little over a thousand square feet, maybe like eleven hundred. And we have two dogs, uh, and medium sized dogs, so like forty to sixty pounds, and two cats. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. And so yes, we we love animals, and they're all rescues. We're very passionate about you know going to that uh, ad adopting rather than. And there's nothing wrong with going to a breeder or something like that. It's just that's just something we enjoy doing. Yeah, nice. uh, and I didn't even really know that. I knew you had animals, but I didn't really think about that. And I, I must have forgotten that your wife was an art teacher. I don't know how I missed that. But Well, um, next question on here. What's the fa your favorite place that you have visited? So I'm originally from New Mexico. And I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, so hey, we're all learning stuff, right? Uh, yeah, so I'm originally from New Mexico. That's where my parents met, and it's uh, my... On my mother's side, my my maternal grandmother's family actually homesteaded there, back in down in Clovis, which is close to Texas. I've been uh, to Clovis. Oh, okay. Clovis. Have you really? Yeah. Uh, so they homesteaded there, and I 
I think uh, some of my uh, distant relatives still live there. And actually, my aunt lives there, now that I think about it. Um, she moved it down there about 10 years ago. Um, but I am, I'm more of a northern New Mexico person. So I'm, I'm, my mother grew up in Taos. I was born in Albuquerque. I love the entire state, but northern New Mexico is sort of my, I always call it like my spiritual happy place. It's just, I love the Rocky Mountains. It's one of the reasons I live in the mountains here. Uh, that and the fact that my dad is from East Tennessee, so he's from the mountains too. So it's like, no matter what, I've, I'm kind of from, I'm not really a beach person as much as I am a mountain person. But um, so, so when uh, my wife and I got married, we've been married, it'll be 10 years uh, this summer. And uh, we, <laughs> I didn't really branch out too far in terms of, I, I really wanted to show my wife New Mexico. And she's, from Colorado originally, so she kind of knew what it was like, but not. Colorado is so different from anywhere. It's so different from New Mexico. New Mexico culturally, New Mexico is is very in, in, entrenched in like the art culture from like Santa Fe north. And so we went to a place called Abiquiu. Uh, Abiquiu is, is if you've ever watched uh, like the Wally Coyote, like the the and the Road Runner. Uh, cartoon series and just just picture that that's what it looks like uh in a lot of ways it's 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 red everything um you know so very, very arid no, hmm? definitely no light in any tunnels they're just pitch black like <laughs> no, it, <laughs> i get what you're saying <laughs> no but uh, no no it's fine no so it's it's uh it's an absolutely gorgeous place and that's where we went for our honeymoon um and we went through some other places as well, but you're asking me what my favorite places that I've ever visited. It's that it's, it's, um, there's a monastery there that we went to that, that we visited. That's just amazing. Uh, then there's a place called ghost ranch, which is, uh, it's a retreat. And a lot of, I know a lot of, um, churches go there for religious retreats and things like that, but it's also where Georgia O'Keefe, who is a famous artist and is my wife's favorite, favorite, uh, artist spent a lot of time, uh, in her later years, painting uh, a lot of the works that she's known for, and uh, so that's where the Paternal Mountain is. If you're familiar with uh, Georgia O'Keeffe at all, um, and that was really cool for both of us. So we kind of we both got to experience things that we love. And if I could live there, I would. Unfortunately, it's just you talk about I. You know, I say I live in in a rural area now, but at least I have you know towns and cities that I can go to. I mean, you're you're an hour and a half away from anywhere of like real civilization there. And there's, I mean, I'd be surprised if you have any kind of uh, great cell phone coverage or internet service while you're there. Maybe, maybe now, but you know, I was there 10 years ago, but back then it was, it's pretty out of the way, but there's just something about it that when I'm there, I felt very at peace and, and I would love to live there sometime. Cool. Yeah. All right. Next question, which uh, maybe we'll get a sh little bit shorter answer. Um, Sorry. what, it's okay. What is your education, Cliff? Well, I don't have a college degree. So I, I, uh, went to school, changed my major about five times or went to college specifically and could not decide on what I wanted to major in. And so I was in school for graphic design. I ended up losing my job and having to move to Virginia just to work. And so I haven't had a chance to finish my college degree. So that's my background. My education, as far as graphic design is, is more, I had a foundation from it from the school that I was going to, but I've just worked my way up and gained experience that way. Nice. Very good. And I know you really do love your job right now, too. That's pretty I obvious. Do. I do. Talking to you. Yeah. Cool. What is your primary means of income, Cliff? We talked about it already. 
Right. But that's okay. So I'm a graphic designer for a resort. Um, and that's why I say I get to do so many different things, uh, which is really cool. I, I'm not really comfortable. Like a lot of the people that are in my industry freelance, I have done it in the past as like, as like a side income, but I like having the, the structure over my head of things like really great healthcare and, uh, you know, at least having a support group around me. And, and if I'm by myself, I kind of feel like it's, it's a lot harder to learn from other people and pick up stuff. So my primary source of income is graphic design for a resort and all the stuff that's involved with that. Very cool. All right. Big next question here. Uh, tell us something we know nothing about. And in this case, Cliff, tell us about in vitro fertilization. Is that, am I even saying that right? Oh, you're absolutely saying that right. So my wife and I have been trying to have a kid for nine years. Uh, and so uh, in late 2015, we just, at this point, we had we had tried everything else. And even though we knew it was going to be expensive, we decided to do in vitro fertilization. If you don't know what that is, it's the test tube baby. That's literally, they make, they take your stuff from each of you and make a baby uh you know in a petri dish it's amazing uh and my wife has endometriosis that's the reason we were having trouble conceiving um that basically means her uterine wall grows outside of of her uh, ovaries and it's almost like it's it's similar to like a tumor where it just grows out of control and because of that the uh, sperm has trouble implanting like you, she produces eggs just normally, but anyway, so that's the reason we had to do in vitro fertilization. So we traveled <laughs> an hour and a half, uh, uh, to Charlottesville from where I live, uh, quite a few times just to get going. And then my wife had to go, I think almost every day for a month just to get be checked up on. And, uh, we were lucky in that uh, a lot of times, you know, it, with people in us and it, people like us in our situation, it doesn't work the first time, but, um, she was implanted and we got a beautiful baby girl out of it nine months later. So it was, awesome. it was amazing. How, yeah. How old is she right now? She is about to be nine months old. This, awesome. this Wednesday actually. Yep. It's fantastic. It's a real blessing. Cool. Yeah, it is. Um, what are your top three current favorite pieces of technology? You are don't we need to own them. I mean, it could be a Tesla or something, but you know. Oh man. That's a hard question. I will say, dude, I, these these were in the show notes. You, oh, you I know. I, I prepared. I should have. I should have researched a little more. My top three pieces of technology. I am actually. Uh, you know, you mentioned Tesla. That I think I'm very passionate about that company. And I'm. And I'm. Uh, if I could choose to own a vehicle where I didn't have to, if I wasn't commuting every day, although I guess I could. Or if I, I don't know, man. If you're talking about cars, though, and I, cars to me are technology. I am. Oh man. Okay, I'll, let me just start with this. I'm very passionate about uh, podcasting, and if I could just, I, I I've talked about this with you offline, right? I wish I could own an Electro Voice RE20. That would be like, and that's not even like that expensive a mic. Like you can spend thousands of dollars on a microphone, but it, like if I could, <laughs> if I could like sell my blood or something, that's what I would do to get an Electro Voice RE20. That's sort of my so like penalty. Like it's around six hundred six hundred dollars. Oh, okay. So it's okay. it's attainable. It's just way more than I I can justify spending for podcasting. I'd have to like you know, I, I've thought about uh, you know maybe doing voice voice work voiceover work for a, like a side business if we're talking freelancing. Even just so. like on Fiverr or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Which 
plug in my podcast here. If you'd like to know what fiber is, go back and and it's been quite a while now, but we actually did do a uh, a podcast about working oh, I remember. with fiber. <laughs> I yeah. love that episode. With the guy who talks like this guest, and he's uh, the the guest you had on there. So <laughs> yes, yeah, so we actually, yeah, we so, talked about fiber. So, so Arnold uh, impersonations have been a running theme, uh, running joke, I suppose. <laughs> yes. And I guess, listeners, if you go back and listen to the episode that I was on there with Cliff, um, I guess technically that's an impersonation of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, it made us I laugh. Did. It made us. It laugh did make you bit. laugh, and not because of its accuracy. <laughs> I so. don't know. It was pretty. It was. It was pretty accurate, and, and it made up. May not have been the first, like most, like spot on Arnold impersonation I've ever heard. But the the subject matter that you talked about, and sort of the timbre of his voice and everything, you had that. I mean, that's why we were laughing because it was like the content that you said was perfect for. <laughs> And things that you don't yeah, know when we hear somebody that does like the the standard like Arnold Schwarzenegger talk about. I like that. It was funny. Yeah. Um, okay. I actually own um, one of my ultimate pieces of technology because I have a Surface Book. I um, I just decided I was going to buy one, so I did. I, I I procured the money and went out and got it, and now I have it, and I'm very happy with it. So. Um, so stay on that for a minute. Sure. Why are you happy with it? And how does that compare to some of the Mac products that, well, you're pretty familiar with? Oh yeah, absolutely. So first I'll say, um, I bought a refurbished one and, uh, from the moment I took it out of the box and powered it up, the fans were going just like constantly, which I'm like, I'm like, this, this isn't right. This can't be right. Like it, it shouldn't, I, you know, it's, it's, it's got an SSD and, and it's got a fairly recent Intel processor. Like it shouldn't be heating up when it's just, just from powering it on. So Microsoft very re- replaced it for me. And now, so, so my, I guess my point is my initial experience was not that great. However, Microsoft took care of me. Um, you know, they, they did try to troubleshoot it, but then they, they sent me a new one. In fact, that's the great thing. They sent me a brand new one to replace the refurbished one, uh, that I had. So. I did have to place a hold on a credit card, which was kind of annoying, but that's that's kind of the industry standard for stuff like this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so this laptop to me is is and what's funny is I don't really use the um, clipboard or the tablet option for it that much. I just but it just it's a what I would call a professional level laptop for doing the sort of work that I do. So if I am at home, if I'm podcasting like this for a, uh, as an example, or if I'm doing graphic design work, it's got all the horsepower that I need and more, I, I feel would feel comfortable doing video editing on this. And which configuration do you have? I, I don't have the surface. Is it the surface base? Is that what it's called? Well, the performance base. Performance base. That's right. Okay. So I don't have the performance base. Uh, I have the second to second, the one step down from the top tier uh, before the performance base existed. So it's the Core i7, I, 512 gigabyte ssd and 16 gigabytes of ram nice yeah and it's it's a beast i'll tell you um and you asked about this in comparison to other computers this is the nicest uh laptop that i've owned uh since i had a macbook pro i had a macbook pro that was from like 2006 so it was actually when it was the first um macbook pro that had an intel processor when they switched over from uh risk-based processors the um so that's been a long time and I, and I've had some decent computers, but you know, this, this obviously was, was a, an investment for me, but what, what I expect with this computer, like I would with some of the higher end Apple hardware is that it's going to last me a while that, you know, this is an investment towards my future that I'm not going to have to buy a new computer maybe in two or three years that hopefully this will last me, you know, five 
or more maybe as like a secondary computer. And it is that kind of quality. It's just, it's really well done. There's really nothing I could complain about other than I think the thing that everybody complains about aesthetically where when you close it, it's got that little gap and so hair and stuff like that gets inside. But, you know, it's a trade-off for having the the ability to take off the the screen and use it as a, as a tablet, which is really nice when you need it. Nice. So is that, let's see, that's your second favorite piece of technology maybe? Um, actually, we're... Say the name of your um, that mic that you wanted again. Oh, so that's the Electro Voice RE20. Electro Voice RE20. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's your last uh, favorite piece here? Man, that's hard. Like uh, tech for me is just one of those things where I have so many th- uh, um, that I'm always thinking about it and changing my mind on stuff all the time as we were talking. Well, you sort of just slightly stepped into uh, home automation so far, right? True. Yeah, I did. I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite pieces. I, I will say, um, so so there like there's there's a couple of things out there that I had not really invested in that are, that are sort of on the lips of everybody, and it's uh, virtual reality, and then home automation. And my problem forever with home automation was that there's about a thousand different competing standards. I didn't really want to pour a bunch of money into one thing and then have it be obsolete or just not supported, right? My parents uh, gave my wife and I a gift of, of the uh, Amazon Echo, uh, which is, if you're not familiar with it, is uh, artificial intelligence integrated. They're, the Alexa, which is their artificial intelligence like Siri or uh, Cortana, integrated into a home speaker that's always listening. And there, it's it supports a ton of different home automation Did standards. You hear that? It's always listening. It's always listening. So I, with since I had that, I thought, well, why don't I just invest a little bit of money and just see, you know, what would be something that would be, I wouldn't call it life-changing, but interesting around the house that's not going to make my wife hate, <laughs> hate me for changing. And so I bought uh, a Philips Hue. Hue is their um, lighting uh, standard from Philips. Um, so I bought a, but it's a package that includes the, the base that plugs in, that plugs into your home network and then, uh, light bulbs that screw in and then are, that are joined onto your Wi-Fi network. And so that works in a, you don't have to have the, uh, Amazon echo, uh, in order to use it, but Amazon or the echo can control it through voice, which is really cool. So, um, it's sort of a, you have to get out of the habit of turning off light switches because if you turn the light switch off, you're literally taking the device off of your network. But in a small house like mine, once we get out of the habit of that, it's nice because I can just walk in and say, Alexa, turn on the baby room light. And it turns on. You can, uh, the light bulbs that I have are their higher end ones where they can do different color schemes. You can tell, and, and you can also ask Alexa to dim them if you want without turning it off all the way. So, once you kind of get used to the idea of talking to a box to ask them to turn the lights off, you really, I mean, it truly feels like you're living in the future. It's, it's kind of mind blowing, especially in a house built in the 1920s. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm really excited for the promise, promise of home automation. I just don't have a house that's great for that kind of stuff. I don't have central hair and central air and heating. I don't have a lot of that stuff. So this was a way for me to dip my toes into it. Um, and not have to invest a ton of money. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. And I think um, augmented reality is also something I'm very excited about. I just, I think we're a long ways away from that being something that is truly useful to maybe something outside of manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So, Well, quickly, I have a question for sure. you. Um, 
Microsoft, we've we've seen teased that Harman Kardon is working with Microsoft to come up with a come out with a, a speaker oh, that really? um, that can you know runs Cortana uses mm-hmm. Cortana, mm-hmm. voice activated obviously, and um, also it has pretty close Skype integration. Mm-hmm. What what do you think that's going to if and when that is available? What is that going to need to have? What's that going to need to compete with the Google Home and the Amazon Echo? Or maybe like if you can think of a standout feature or something that those two don't actually have that that you know. Well, okay. So the one, the one thing that's uh that those two, the, the, I guess the, yeah the the two that you mentioned. So it would be like the, that are actually out in the home now would be Google Home, and then. Amazon's Echo series of speakers. It's all about ecosystem, right? Like it, um, and Amazon does have, Amazon supports a lot of other platforms like Philips Hue. And then they do have their, um, Fire TV series of, of home streaming products. But, you know, they're, they don't have a desktop operating system. They're not really integrated into any, anything else except, you know your applications on your maybe your smartphone and then maybe your TV and then if you have invested in some of the ecosystem that I was talking about like Philips Hue, Google is unless you have a Chromebook. I mean, they're kind of in a similar situation, right? So where Microsoft is well placed is that they they're, you know, you can have uh, what what is it called the continuous experience across a lot of different things from um, not your TV in this case. Well, actually, that's not true with Xbox. So you have you have it's, Xbox. It's possible, but it's not as you know, it's not it's not it really be. there yet. But I could the the idea of it makes sense to me. Where you where you have, um, and especially if they do introduce uh, you know some new mobile products, if they, if they but you could you could let's just let's pretend like they 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 don't do that. But at least you you've got um, a device that has a lot of your contact information and stuff already built into it. If you if you were in, invested in Microsoft services, I can see just from that from starting it in and entering your um, Microsoft account, it already knows a heck of a lot of about you, which is what you really want for something like that, as scary as it is for an always listening speaker. It's just, it's such a nascent technology right now. I know everybody wants to get into it, but I still don't know if it's a, if it's a, a killer feature yet. I mean, it, it's really interesting. It's really nice to be able to walk into your living room and say, you know, what's the weather today? What's what's on my calendar? I mean, and, and all of these products that are out there already can do that for you. You know, you gotta have, you have to ask yourself like, what does Microsoft have um, that can that can make people choose its product rather than the competition? And I, I, other than being integrated into so many things already of your home um, computing products, and Skype and Skype is awesome. You you almost need like a video component with that too, um, not dissimilar from what. Amazon just came out with I can't remember what the name of their camera is that they just came out with um, that can advise you on your uh, how to dress and things like that. But something like that where uh, you could start a phone call on your computer or a Skype call rather, and then come in from one place to another, or you can initiate and maybe you can initiate that from the Microsoft speaker. Like I don't know, it's it's so open ended right now. It's kind of hard to say. I wish I could give you a better answer. No, that's fine. That's a uh, that's the right direction. And like, I think I, Microsoft does have a leg up there. Yeah. Well, wrapping up on the show here, what is your all-time favorite Windows phone or Windows mobile device? I was just thinking about that the other day. I think it's got to be the Lumia 820. 
Uh, the, the 820. Oh, I'm sorry. So the not the 820. I'm sorry. The 920. The nine, yeah. Okay. The right. 920. The 820 um, was that. Ew, that was, it was okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The Lumia 920, well, I have actually owned three of. And I loved that phone. It had a great camera. It was built like a tank. It was fast. It ran Windows 8 and 8.1 really well. Like, And yeah. I'm sure there are still people out there today using 920, honestly. My wife used one up until just a few months ago, and hmm. she went to the eight to the uh, six forty, and she misses well misses the camera button on it. She misses yeah. the quality of the of the uh, of the the camera itself. Um, this well, yeah. For, for the time, the screen show, was really good. Oh yeah, especially the the curved edges and um, uh, man, and anyone listening to this podcast should know that phone and mm-hmm. uh, why it is so well uh, beloved. <laughs> well, and I'll, I'll tell you, it was it was a good enough product to where my brother who has always been a Microsoft fan because he's an engineer but had uh, an iPhone that was provided for him for work actually went out and got a second line just to buy a 920 and he had it until it died and he's very hard on the uh, phones he had he had the white which was the the glossy finish mm-hmm. and that was so it was so busted by the time he showed it to me I'm like what have you done to this thing like it's hard to kill this phone what have you done and it was just scratched. It had. It looked like somebody had taken like a tiny rake and just dug into the plastic. <laughs> <laughs> and I know he didn't use a case, which I respect. I'm like, man, you must have had to be really hard on this phone in order to kill it. The screen was broken and it still worked. I mean, he had, he had it for two and a half years. Wow. So I what I guess my point is that it was a, an appealing enough product to where he even though he didn't have to have like a second line, he bought it just so he could use the 920. He took it to Latin America on trips. Like he, yeah, he really enjoyed it. Cool. Mm-hmm. And I think last question is, is Windows phone, we talked about it, I guess, slightly. A little bit. Is Windows phone coming back and not necessarily in those terms? It's a really hard question. Uh, I think... I don't know if, if 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 literally you know that with the name Windows Phone, I do th- I don't think Microsoft is abandoning the mobile space. I think they'd be dumb to. So, he, oh, so here's something that's interesting. I actually have a side question for you. Do you think that HP is going to continue to develop the second series of their Elite Phone? They're pretty well invested in the first round, right? And right. I think, and I. Th- I think that it will transition into a different form of three in one. That's my that's my take on it. I guess I haven't thought about it too much, but right. they're, well, they're, I know it's in development, but that's why I'm asking. Enterprise, yeah. And they're really the the one large partner that Microsoft has less has left outside of like Alcatel. Um so I, I'm just curious because that I mean they're they're producing high end hardware with that and enterprise seems like a really good space for Microsoft to be in. I mean, BlackBerry really doesn't have much of a presence anymore other than just the legacy devices that are still there. And I, I just, despite some of the good stuff that they're doing, I think that that's and I know uh, that's maybe a space where Microsoft uh, could show some growth. But yeah, I think in whatever form uh, it does come back, I think it's going to be. Um, really geared towards like the the continuum portion mm-hmm. of what you know, making it like your mobile platform where you don't really need to necessarily carry around a laptop. That's where that's where I think this. They don't have to have a lot of devices out there. They just have to have 
a solid device that has some margin that they can sell and uh, Microsoft can do what they've done with the rest of their Surface line and, and say, hey, this is how we feel like you should do a product. And maybe if they can create another, you know, you know like they did for two-in-ones, create a, uh, a, a form factor that they show can be successful, then I think that they could be successful in mobile in some form. Mm-hmm. I think it's very possible. And um, I think the smart companies are looking for that next play, that the next way to do mobile computing right so i agree all right well let's finish let's finish up here uh listeners thank you for joining us on this episode sorry it's a little bit unorthodox as far as the timing and as far as well you know the cadence we were going every other with a guest and now we had uh <laughs> well doesn't doesn't matter you can follow us on twitter at ms mobile show you can follow aaron on twitter at good things to life you can follow me on twitter at vernon el of course, you can email the show at contact at msmobileshow.com. Cliff, where could listeners, uh, where and why should they follow you online? If you're interested in uh, what I would call um, semi-knowledgeable <laughs> mobile discussions, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Clifton M. Thomas. And you can also find me with that same name uh, pretty much anywhere else on social media um, outside of, I guess, fa- Facebook, which is more, a little more personal for me and I I tend to keep that more private but you can find TechBeard on facebook so there is that and i sometimes do enter in discussions there although very rarely so clefton m thomas everywhere and you should follow me like i said if you're interested in talking about mobile stuff because that's pretty much what i talk about online and how do you spell your podcast it is t-e-k-b-e-a-r-d TechBeard. there you go Tell Well, Cliff, thanks again for joining. It's been an awesome episode, and it is always fun to talk to you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was great fun, as always. Yep. That's it, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Take care and stay mobile.